The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, this is Lo and welcome to a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. Today we have Shanae Alexander on the show. She is the host of the Press Send podcast that I was just on, by the way. Hi, how are you, Shanae? I'm so good. Um, guys, go all listen to that episode. It was so good. She, <laughs> you are a straight shooter. I will say that. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for having me. Um, okay, so you have your own amazing podcast, Press Send. You have an amazing online presence. Tell our listeners what you do on Press Send. So it's really, it's, it's really fun. We had fun. I we feel like fun. we had we had fun. Um, also, Lo, you give such like direct advice. You're just like, boom, this is what I think. I'm like, I love how direct you are because we have a lot of guests that come on and give advice to our listeners and you know, sometimes people don't, they, they don't want to step on toes. They don't yeah. want to be too blunt. I'm like, low is just like, boom. This is what <laughs> I think. I love how like, just like direct you were. Uh, but yeah, we talk about relationships. We talk about sex. We talk about wellness. We talk about body image, all of it. And um, it's really interesting because I have really cool guests on, but it's not a traditional podcast format where they're being interviewed literally just talking about other people's stuff. So it's a, it's a refreshing, like different take on like the traditional interview podcast. Although I will, I always do ask last meal. So that is an interview question. What did I say? Pizza? Maybe. I don't Mm, remember. I don't remember, but that makes everybody go listen to that episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go listen to Shanae and I's episode of Press Send. Yeah. I, I love a because I feel like you and I both do so many podcasts. And so it's really refreshing to have a format that is just answering listeners advice questions instead of doing the same old spiel about yourself over and over again. So I I know for you, you are a Texan turned New Yorker. How long have you been in Brooklyn for? You know, I've been here for 13 years now. Whoa. I feel like, I think that like I'm a certified New Yorker now. I think you the are. New Yorker card is like, it's debated seven to 10 years. So um, I only lived in Manhattan for one year. I, I, I liked it, but um, then I had an emergency roommate situation and had to move to Brooklyn mm. with a 65 year old man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. My, Tell us about my, that. That's very my, interesting. So uh, my, New York roommate stories are so oh, wild. And I bet, just I think like, this is going to be a good one. Or just like New York apartment stories too. Like my friend, I remember walking in and she was like, I got a great apartment. I walked in the toilets in the kitchen. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It had like a shower curtain around the toilet in the kitchen. I was like, New York sucks. I mean, it's amazing, but it also like sucks in some ways. But the 65 year old man, I was looking for a room for rent because my roommate had been like, I'm moving to Argentina because I fell in love. And I was like, great. What the hell do I do? So Mm. I found this room for rent. The guy was like, I'm a 65 year old man. I'm a handyman. I have a room for rent. And I ended up living with him for two and a half years. And he also um, was a musician and he had a, he had like a stage name. Whoa. He had like a persona. It was all, yes. It was, and all my furniture touched in my little room for rent. It all touched each other because it was so small. But two and a half years, it sounds like he was a nice man. Nice man. Wasn't creepy at all. I was like, you know what? I can do this. Yeah. 
Yeah. As long as somebody doesn't, um, you know, uh, cross normal established boundaries, then. And the apartment that I saw, but right before that, the day before, um, guy was definitely in some sort of mafia gang related thing. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is your room. I'm like, there's no door. He's like, yeah, but there's a towel. There was a towel there's tacked a towel. up. There was a towel tacked up on the door, like a hand towel. And he wow. was like, I don't, he's like, I don't mind. I was like, I don't mind. I was like, unfortunately, me and my boobs and my vagina mind. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to, no. I don't want to be having my we, door. Be a towel. We mind. <laughs> we mind. Women mind. We mind. <laughs> did you, I'm curious with the 65 year old gentleman, did you develop a friendship with this man? Would you guys like watch TV together or did you kind of just stick to your, stick to your room? You know, Lo, um, he had, I, so I walked in the living room for the very first time and every wall was covered with VHS tapes, like uh, like shelves of VHS tapes. I'm like, what are all these tapes? Whoa. And he was like, I have every episode of Jeopardy uh, recorded. So if you want to watch it, have at it. And I was like, wow. Um, I think that was at a point in my life, and I'm sure you've experienced this point in your life. I'm not there anymore, but I wanted to be more out than in. Mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. I am very much indoors person. I mean, we all are, but like this stage in my life, I'd much rather do like have friends for dinner than like be out on the town. But at that time I was like rarely home. So mm. we didn't hang that much. Um, his only boundary was the lady across the hall came over for lamb once a week. And I had to respect that. I, mean, I don't know sounds... what lamb means though, you know? Well, you could smell it if it was actually being cooked. So I mean, I started to stay away on lamb nights. On lamb nights, you were out of there. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, this actually leads me um, into my first question. Like, obviously, you have, like, a positive attitude. Um, You are known for your affirmations, and your Instagram is really motivational, and you give a lot of advice. So do you ever struggle to take your own advice? Every day. That's why I love therapy. (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, and also like I am positive, but I'm also really realistic and really sarcastic. So Mm. for me, I'm like, yeah, I do think I have hope. I have, you know, I know we can get ourselves out of like when we're stuck, I know that there's tools available for us, but no, I rarely take my own advice. I'm very good (laughs) at giving it, but I think that's the thing. Like we're all bad at taking the advice. We all like, let's say a friend comes over and, and they're having relationship advice we give them the healthiest version of ourselves. We give them the help, you know, hopefully, but then when it comes to us, there's so much other stuff that influences the advice we give. And so, um, I think therapy has been really helpful for me in having someone that is, um, literally a professional sounding board. Yeah. Correct. Do you feel like that? Like, yeah. I mean, I did therapy for years on and off and it was really, really helpful in terms of, um, for me, I think learning how to better manage my anxiety. Yes. For me, it was less like, oh, I have, you know, this problem and how do I solve it? And for me, it was more focused on um, learning about anxiety and the things that were causing my anxiety and how to kind of improve upon that situation or just manage it better. So I think my experience with therapy was a little bit different. It was talk therapy, but like a little bit of CBT thrown in, you know, kind of how do you um, 
get outside of yourself and try to see your behaviors and actions and identify, uh, you know, patterns that are bad that lead you down a certain road and try to stop those patterns. But yeah, I mean, taking your own advice is really hard, you know, like, Oh yeah. Well, and I think you also know when you should be taking your own advice, but you're not. We all know what to do. We all know what to do. And like our gut is like the absolute true north for anybody like if you like I went on a date with somebody and we've been going on some dates and now he hasn't texted me in four days my friends are like he's just busy I'm like no he's not <laughs> he just you doesn't have to want to hang out again <laughs> and it's, it sucks right like it sucks and you want to pretend like that's not the reality of the situation and you hope that it's not the reality sure. of the but like you know it is like for me it's um like I would I felt like I went through like a huge period of my life where I like just loved dating I was just like constantly dating I remember in one one day I went on four dates in one day it was like that was how committed to dating I was at one point but I would have that same thing because I struggle with generalized anxiety disorder so with that it's like okay um I'm having to decide what parts of me what parts of this is gut, like you mm-hmm. said, and what parts of this is my, my, my anxiety manifesting and being like, well, I, I couldn't possibly find someone. I couldn't like, here's all the things that could go wrong. He, yeah. he he's not busy because he posts on his Instagram, you know, things like that. And so it's been a real journey for me to dig down into, particularly with relationships, romantic relationships, dig down into what is my anxiety? What is my gut? And then how do I marry those two and make, Mm -hmm. like, make, like soothe myself in some way. But I'm not really that great sometimes at at analyzing what parts of of me are an anxious thought and what parts are gut, to be honest. Yeah, totally. I agree with you completely, a (laughs) hundred percent. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes I have to ask myself, even my relationship now, I'm like, is something really wrong or am I looking for something to be wrong because my anxiety tells me that something should be wrong? And so it's kind of like, is this, is this my, is this anxiousness talking or is this an actual thing? And it's, it's, it's taken a lot of like finding tools to be like sussing that out. And, you know, like I said, I'm still not really not perfect at it. What is your best tool that you have or use? I think um, finding people in your life, I mean, of course, a therapist, but like people in your life that will, um, that you've given the space to correct you or to give you honest truth. Like we all have those friends that want to please us or that just don't want to, they just want to agree with us to make us feel good. And that's fine. Like there's a place for those friends. And then there's some friends that can really separate their own trauma, their own ideas, and really just tell you, hey, from, you know, a person that loves you and from an, you know, objective opinion, this is what I think is going on. And I think having a few voices of reason in my life to just check in with like, hey, am I, is this anxiety or is this something that like I should be worried about? Mm -hmm. And just having those people in my life has been really, really helpful. Yeah. Same. You got to have your crew and they have to be willing to be honest with you. (laughs) Totally. And, and, and there's like, you know, I think people 
steer away in relationships and friendships because they, they, they're like, I want to kind of, they, they want to tell you the truth, but only to the level that makes you comfortable. And I think it's just so, so important to like tell those friends, like have a specific conversation with you. Be like, you're my person. <laughs> like, I want you to feel the freedom to tell me the truth, even when it w- might like hurt me or it might, you know, like it's not going to cause a rift in our relationship. I want you to know that, but I want you to feel the agency to do that with Mm. me. And for me, having those conversations has been really important because then they're like, okay, I have like the go sign to when you ask. To really tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and you know, I think people do it with a lot of like gentleness. Yeah, of course. That's a great idea. Tell the people like we I want your honesty in kind mm-hmm. ways, obviously, but like don't be afraid to I think what you said is like it's not going if you tell me the real truth it's not going to create a rift in our relationship. It's no. like I'm looking to you for this kind of help and guidance. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's a good tip, yeah. Schnell. I'm, I I I like it a lot. Out tips. <laughs> you are. So you're also um a really incredible role model for body positivity and encouraging others to love themselves and their body. Like what has your personal wellness journey looked like? Um so it's funny, but like I think I when I initially got into Instagram, I was I didn't ever intend to be a content creator on Instagram. I in, I was actually um applying for a job at a wellness brand. So uh, it was a job in social media. So yeah. I made a fitness social media, like a wellness fitness social media presence. And it was yeah. 300 followers. It wasn't like, I didn't have like a following. It was just like, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had an account. I had an account. Yeah. Apparently they're free and you could just get them. Um, that doesn't give you any qualifications for a job, which I right. later found out because they didn't hire me. But at that point I was like probably at the peak of my wellness journey in the sense of I was from the outside looking in, you would say this person is like wellness to the T, you know, Mm -hmm. eating, eating, I'm using air quotes, well, um, working out daily, sometimes twice a day, just like really like trying to be really conscious, blah, blah. And then, you know, twice a day. Oh, well, not, not every day, but that's, that was the problem. That was the problem. I was trying to you know, I, I had been 225 pounds at one point. Yeah. And so before that, like, I actually didn't hate my body at all. When I was 225 pounds, I actually started working out and getting into wellness on a bet with a guy friend. And mm. I enjoyed the learning part of working out, the learning yeah. part of weightlifting and food and all that. Yeah. But then, but then what ended up happening is when I was quote unquote, the most well from the outside looking in, I was the sickest I've ever been. Like yeah. I, felt the worst about my body. I was constantly comparing myself to other people. I was always thinking about progress, transformation. I was constantly thinking about it. And it was getting to the point where I was so restrictive about food and exercise. And I and never, I, I do not think I had like an eating disorder or an exercise disorder, but I had disordered thinking for yeah. sure surrounding these subjects. And I think that's an important distinction because I think our society is built on a lot of disordered thinking surrounding this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I realized at that point, like everybody else thought I was really doing well and I wasn't, you know, and I think that's, that's really dangerous place to be when you yeah. are basing your 
mindset off of what someone else thinks in general in life, but I was doing it in front of like a large group of people because people started following me for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've shifted away from that almost completely on Instagram. I've like gained some sanity weight back. Like I don't work out every single day. Like I'm much more free with what I eat, things like that. And actually, you know, at that time I was really about body positivity, but I realized I wasn't positive at all. Mm-hmm. And I was actually like like, yourself, like to yourself, to myself. But then also, you know, I was like, well, what does it look like if we're not body positive? What does it look like if we're neutral? What does it look like if we focus on confidence rather than positivity? And I think that's been a huge shift for me. And that's been really helpful is to, instead of saying, I need to feel positive about my body being like, I need to feel confident in my body. And I need to feel like I have body acceptance because I think what happens to particularly us as women is we then start to feel shame about not feeling positive about our body because I don't, I don't care how like straight your mind is about the way you look. We live in a society still that sends us messages every day that we need to be different. Social media, regular media, everything. And plus there's a lot of ingrained stuff from growing up. And so the thing is, is like to have the expectation that we always have to feel positive about our body, I think is unrealistic, but the expectation to say, um, I can just not have my body take up so much of my mental space. Mm. Like my body doesn't have to matter as much as I think it does. Like taking care of it, obviously embracing health, doing what you need for your physical and mental health, but, but not not having to like white knuckle it so much of like, I have to feel this way about my body. It's like, what if we thought less about our body and what if we focused more on what movement makes us happy? When do we want to move that makes us feel fulfilled? What makes us happy with eating and what makes us feel really good? Hmm. What do I like to do outside of working out? What do I want to focus on creatively? what relationships in my life do I want to improve or repair or, or create? So it's like, to me, the most centered positive women, it's not because they wanted to be positive. It's because they chose to, to, to diversify their thinking. And for me, that's been really key is to focus less, mm-hmm. like let it take up less space and inevitably you will be more happy. You will be more confident and you will increase in like self-love. Yeah. I think that that's really, really helpful for sure. Great insight. I mean, I, this shit, that it, does everybody struggle with this? Because I certainly do. Every single day I wake up and look in the mirror and I'm like, how flat is my stomach today? Every day. And I pull up my shirt and I'm like, hmm, what did I look like today? Did the Chinese food like settle in or do I still look all right? <laughs> right. I just went through, um, I just went through egg freezing and I'm like so bloated from it. Mm. And I was like, why is this such a mental struggle for me right now? And, you know, it's like, I've done so much work on my thinking and my mental health when it comes to my body, but even yeah. people that have done the legwork and have been working on this stuff daily, still struggle with it. Like, yeah. I was like, man, I feel bloated. I feel, but I was like, do I, am I focusing on that? I feel bloated. Cause that's not a good feeling. Feeling bloated. is not a good feeling. Yeah. Or if, am I focusing on that? I look bloated. Right. Which one is it? Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I am uncomfortable because I feel bloated and my rings don't fit and things like that. But on the other hand, the, the thing that I realized is like, I don't like looking bloated. 
Same. So, so it's like, I had to shift my energy of like, Hey, what can I do to not feel bloated and to Mm -hmm. feel more comfortable? But how can I let go the physical visual part of this? Yeah, totally. I understand. I did um, egg freezing a few months ago and like you, it was a really interesting personal journey and I struggled with it from a body image perspective. My Mm. number one concern was gaining weight, doing this and gaining weight. And it was like right at the beginning of summer and um, I had a lot of help and I think I did have a good perspective on it, but God, gaining weight was my biggest fear. So I did yeah. everything in my power not to, I ate so healthy. I did, you know, a liver cleanse afterwards to help flush my body of all of the extra hormones. I didn't take a fucking ibuprofen for three months, right. you know what I mean? Like, because your liver metabolizes alcohol, medication, uh, reproductive hormones and, um, a lot of fat gets stored there. And Mm. so if you are, um, doing all of the hormones that you have to with egg freezing, it's really easy to put on weight because your liver can only do so much. Um, and that's, I, I think a lot of women don't realize that, um, in terms of just like the functionality of the body and like how the hormones are all working. So I was really focused on trying to keep my liver as clean as possible so that it could metabolize the extra hormones as quickly as possible. Um, and I still like, I worked out every day, even though the doctors were like, you shouldn't be exercising. But then I, on the side was like, Hey doc, can I still exercise? And she was like, yeah, as long as you're not doing, you know, like abs and things like this. And I mean, like I still exercised even throughout it, you know what I mean? Mm. And, the, and doctors like you shouldn't be exercising so it's like it's ingrained in it's, us. it's it's ingrained in us you know what i mean and i actually ended up losing more weight through my egg freezing process afterwards than i ever have in my whole life like focusing on diet and fitness because i was just so dedicated to it which i'm just right like, what <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah i think for me um you know during that process specifically, but even when I go to the doctor's office, like for a checkup or whatever, I think people don't realize because I think the numbers can really mess with us. I think the numbers can really fuck with us. I think it can really, you can really get in your own head, the measuring, the constant weighing, all of that. So I haven't weighed myself in, in many years. And, um, like a little tip, if you feel like, you know, not you specifically, but anyone listening, if you feel like you get in your own head about, weight gain or what you weigh or the numbers, all of that. And you, I know a lot of people actually told me they really dread going to the doctor because Mm. of that, like the doctor telling you how much you weigh and like Mm. having to get on a scale, um, especially in front of someone. Mm. Um, there is always the option of you telling a doctor, I don't want to know. And I feel Mm. like people don't um, realize that you can just tell the doctor. And I've been doing this for years. Like, Hey, um, I actually, feel like very triggered by numbers with weight loss. So if you could just keep those private and you can tell me what I weigh, you face the other direction, they'll tell you what you weigh or they'll write down what you weigh and they don't share it with you. Wow. That's a great tip. Yeah. Just so, you know, especially like know thyself. Yeah. If that that shit gets in your head and you were like going to binge on exercise and like have to do 10 cleanses because you heard your way to the doctor's office, just opt out. like opt out. It's okay. And I think like, um, I think it's really important that you even acknowledged like, Hey, these are, these are thoughts that I had surrounding this 
process. These are, these are still ingrained things in me of like, I, you know, the worries are centered in that stuff. And I think that will resonate with a lot of people because no matter how healthy, no matter how quote unquote fit, no matter how thin, no matter how big, like people, we all worry about stuff. And if it's not, and if it's not your weight, it's your skin. If it's not your skin, it's your stretch marks. If it's not your stretch marks, it's your hair loss. Everybody has the things. It's all things. Yeah, for sure. So obviously we're living in really weird times. (laughs) (laughs) When, right when we got on the call, I was like, Shanae, how are you? She was like, I don't know. Fine. How are you guys? Uh, bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm bad too. Uh, that is the most loaded question you could ask these days. Yeah, you know, and like we're almost a week out of RBG passing and like I'm still crying every day about it. Like everything to me is bad right now. Do you have any advice for people who feel like we do? You know what I mean? Like what do we what do we do right now besides just be afraid? Yeah. Um, I'm like a Virgo planner need to be doing something. So Mm. what's helped for me is to, um, try to, when I feel helpless, um, try to do something small that shifts us closer to the things that we want. So, you know, Mm. like I remember in like the darkness of quarantine being like, okay, I need to make sure that I fill out my senses today. And I want to, I'm going to double check that I'm registered to vote. Okay. I'm going to sign up for a little phone banking. I'm going to do just a Mm -hmm. little thing that, you know, makes the world better. But I think also for me, I, I feel like during this time we get so insular thinking about how we're processing everything that it's actually been really helpful for me to reach out to people, other friends and people that I'm close to, whether that's like, you know, going for a walk outside with them or whatever, and just being like, can we just like be sad? Like, yeah, like this is hard and, and we're not meant to be alone during this time. And we're, this is, I feel like all these terrible things are all crossing into this horrible mixture. So it's like, it's like trauma, it's climate shit, it's racism, it's election, it's rights being taken away. It's all of it all at once plus pandemic. Mm -hmm. And when we need our support systems the most, and when we need our coping mechanisms the most, we don't have them. Yeah. Um, I know like I've been dying to like go to a hot yoga class. I'm like, Oh, I'm dying to go to a hot yoga class. And I'm like, God, that that sounds awesome. (laughs) Like to be able to turn off your brain for, cause you're just like, I'm just trying not to die. Um, like to turn off your brain for an hour and to give your brain a break. I realized how much that I valued that. So I've been trying to be like, okay, I can't do the hot yoga. I may not be able to see as many friends as I want to. What can I do? What mm-hmm. can I do? Um, that fills me up. So one thing I've been doing, that's like, it sounds so ridiculous and sounds like kind of indulgent, but I am working from home. So I'll take an afternoon bath and I'll put I'll put on a podcast that I Me like midday, a uh, hot afternoon bath where there's no agenda. I'm not checking emails. I'm not doing anything. I'm just either listening to a podcast or listening to music. And it feels like a bit of rest. Yeah. And you're think- doing just a little something for yourself. 
Yeah. I like that. I love an afternoon bath. Oh my God. 4 PM. You can often find me in the bathtub. Oh my gosh. It is so like, do yourself a favor. Even if you have a gross bathtub, clean that shit out and just take a little afternoon bath today. I love that. Um, this leads me to my final two questions. Uh, what is your secret ritual? This is something that you do that helps you make, that helps make you feel happy or helps you unwind, but you do it in private. Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only person that's ever said that. Really? Wow. I thought I was going to be like, oh, this is such an unoriginal answer. Oh, no. Nobody's ever said that. Oh, yeah. It's so great. If you're anxious, just like masturbate and just like lay there. It's great. Get it, girl. All right. I mean, I have a partner and like sometimes when I'm having like massive anxiety, I'm like, I need to go lay down for a second. (laughs) I love this secret ritual. Okay. (laughs) Follow Shanae. Uh, <laughs> my second question and my final question is, what is one thing that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier? Um, learning to know the difference between feeling like, you know, this is actually something I've really learned during quarantine time is not speaking to myself as if I'm lazy for not doing certain things mm. at certain times. And you know, like fitness for one example, but that's not the only example. I would be like, before I'd be like, you're being lazy. You know, I don't want to be lazy today. It's, we even let it slip in like social media and like being on a story or talking to your friends like, oh, I'm so lazy. I didn't like do a workout today. Or I'm so lazy. I didn't get off the couch. I think we talk really bad to ourselves sometimes. And sure, sometimes we're just being unmotivated and maybe perhaps lazy, but I think especially in times that are difficult or times that you're processing other things, um, we don't have capacity for everything and acknowledging and acknowledging that, like, I feel like we're trying to grin, grit our teeth and bulldoze through something that we've never been through. And we're acting like we should have our normal, like our, like normal rhythms. And it's like, why, you know? And I think forgiving myself for, you know, when I don't show up exactly how I planned, Mm -hmm. but the fact that I'm still showing up for myself and still, still, you know, showing up for others, I think just acknowledging that and not putting so much expectation to what it looks like. Yeah. That's so nice. Really, really helpful. All right. Well, thank you so much to my guest, Shanae Alexander. This was so fun. This is I Love Wellness. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, review the podcast. It would mean so much to me and our entire